Hey, everybody. This is Frankie from the Breakpoint Podcast. We want to thank you all for tuning in to Marcus and I discussing our love and passion for the game of tennis. Your engagement and support goes a long way to helping this podcast continue to grow. Please be sure to give us a follow, rate our podcast on our social channels, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, or any other place that you get your podcasts. And on social media, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast 7, Twitter at Breakpoint Pod 7, LinkedIn, and of course, our website, podpage.com forward slash break dash point dash podcast. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you're the first to know when there's a new episode drop and more people like you can find our podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special episode of the Breakpoint Podcast, starring myself, Marcus Smith, and my co-host, Frankie Nicolazzi, and today's episode is going to be about the uh, somewhat sad news about Rafael Nadal not being able to compete in this year's 2023 French Open, and unsure if he's going to compete for the rest of the season, and also his announcement that 2024 will most likely be his last season on the ATP Tour, a farewell tour of sorts. Um, Frankie, we had a feeling that things weren't really going well after his hip injury at the Australian Open. We hadn't seen him in a while. Uh, he had pulled out of three consecutive clay court events where he has dominated pretty much all three of them, minus Madrid for a little. Um, and he's missing his best tournament to date and pretty much the best, I would say, single-handed performance at any tournament ever. The man's only lost three times there and he's won. I I don't even know how many titles anymore, 12, 13, I can't even count. Um, so you know that if he's withdrawing from the French Open, that something is seriously wrong and that he is not ready to uh, compete at the highest level that he likes to compete at. So, I mean, Frankie, what is that? Let, let's talk a little bit about what this will mean for this French Open specifically, the impact of Rafa not being there, and you know, we'll, we'll take things from there. Yeah, I think, uh, to be honest... Uh, we sort of expected this, you and I. I mean, we've been we've been ringing the bell on this since he skipped out on the U.S. Open. That he is something's very very wrong. Um, I think he should have retired last year after Roland Garros. Whenever I hear a player say that they won a tournament while not being able to feel their foot <laughs> and getting injections basically the entire time, I don't really know how much more of a sign that you need that time is up and that for your betterment, you know, for, for, you know, everything like it's time to go. Um, you know, so that's the one thing that I'm a little bit disappointed about is that I, I don't really know why Rafa chose to not go out on top like that, but it's also just so hard because, and like I, I said this a bunch of, I said this a lot during when Federer retired, I'm going to say it a lot now, a lot of these guys seem to want the Sampras ending of winning and going out, but they don't actually seem to remember that you have to win and bow out. <laughs> you know, like a lot of these guys, I think they're just so competitive that when they win a major, they're like, oh, well, I could do it again. Why would I stop now? And unfortunately, like this is a situation where I think each of these guys, Rafa, Novak, and Roger, have had to make, are going to have had or will uh, make a decision that 
is either too late or too early. And I think personally, I would rather be too early. But I think Rafa's going to be too late. Roger's going to be too late. And Novak, nobody knows. He's not stopping anytime soon from what I can see. But, you know, it's that's that's the thing that's disappointing to me. I'm happy that Rafa is announcing basically that 2024 is going to be his last season. So that way all the tournaments can give him his flowers and all the fans can give him his flowers, which is something that Roger didn't really get to do, uh, which was very disappointing. But at the same time, you know, even as a fan, like you want these guys to go out on top. I want each of them to win for their last tournament, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know what it is though, that, that fair, that fairy tale, you know, and, and this is what makes them so great is that that fairy tale ending is impossible for these guys because they are so freaking competitive and they still can, they still think that they can do it, even though objectively from the outside, we're probably like, you know what, you probably should have stopped there. I mean, let's take, I mean, let's run through even other sports. Michael Jordan, uh, he retired with the Bulls when he won a sixth championship, but guess what? He comes back a couple of years to play with the Wizards. You know, he's just so, he's so psycho competitive that he, He's like, I, I still think I can do it. Tom Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, and then he retires and then he unretires because he just he they can't let go. It's so difficult when you've been doing that your whole life that they're unable to kind of let go of that dream. How Stampers did it, I have no idea. He must have realized, you know what, like I'm probably going to have an itch in about a couple of months to want to come back and start, you know, preparing for the Australian Open. But he probably had just stayed focused on his family and said you know what now is my time same thing with roger i mean if big if but if had roger you say it all the time on this podcast literally almost every episode we talk about the man if he had won that 2019 wimbledon you think he should have just cut the cord right on the spot but he's too competitive you know once because these guys are always hungry once they win something they're like oh man i, I still got it i mean la- can we blame rafa i mean 2022 not only did he win the french open he won the australian open which nobody nobody saw so his confidence was probably at all-time high i think to myself oh my god i can win two slams in a row and i'm 30 whatever i can still do it um, my my pushback to you on that though okay. is that his body was falling apart Roger's body wasn't falling apart yet in 2019. So I don't know if that's the same thing. Rafa's body literally was f- falling underneath him after and, the Rolling Garros. But he was still winning. Like, that's, that's the thing. He's probably thinking, I hear you. If I can get this foot in order, you know, they don't think holistically. They think like one thing at a time. Like, ah, oh, okay, we're going to rest the foot and then I'm going to be good instead of. You know, I've just been injury prone for the last five years and it's only going to get worse because I'm getting older and I can't train as much. And, you know, all these not to mention that everybody else on this freaking ATP tour is getting better and playing faster and more fit. So it's honestly remarkable that he's done it. I think in terms of the French Open, Frankie, obviously that has created a wide open draw. Uh, He is always the favorite, even though Carlos uh, has been playing excellent lately, but uh, he's going to be missed because his presence there and knowing that he's not there because of an injury really means a lot, not only to the city of Paris, to the tournament organization, but also I think the players just because he's just a god there. 
and not having him there because of uh, withdrawal injury means that, you know, obviously this is the beginning of the end of Rafa, which is something that he's acknowledged. I don't know, Frankie, you, you give me your vibe check. Are we seeing him in 2023 again on the, on a no. tennis court? No, 2024 is when we'll see him next. Um, but even in 2024, to be honest with you, I don't know how much he plays. I think maybe he does. I, I think there's a very real possibility that in 2024, Rafa's schedule is Australian Open, Madrid. What about in, maybe Indian Wells? No. Really? No. Oh. Madrid, Roland Garros, and then Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Yeah, absolutely. Wimbledon. I don't even know which one he'd pick of the clip. I don't even know if he'd do a run up. To, go, I think he yeah. might just go straight to the U.S. Open and that's it. I think he. I think he might do a five tournament schedule, maybe six. Maybe he'll play Barcelona. Sure, but like I, 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 I think that's it. I, I really think that he is just at that point in his career where he knows that he's got X number of sets left in that foot. And he needs to be able to maximize his usage of it. And, and that's hip. it. And his hip now. I mean, it's just I mean, hip never is ending. The, hip is no joke. And uh, I, I think that I think that this is the way that he wants to. What I, what I'm happy about for Rafa at least is that he acknowledges, okay, now I'm injured. This, this year sucks because I can't play in the French and I don't want to pull out. But at least he's saying to himself and promising at least the people and for himself mainly, but. That he's going to go out the way that he wants to go out. That's where I felt bad for Roger because Roger's knee was all messed up. And it was like reports were saying that it was a miracle that he can even like pull up to the Labor Cup and and play that doubles match with Rafa to end his career. Um, So at least at least Rafa's, you know what? He's like, you know what? I'm probably going to take off the rest of the year, get myself as healthy as possible so I can go out the way that I want to go out playing my, you know, Frankie's mock schedule there, which sounds pretty reasonable uh and and i think he took that kind of you know he realized what what roger went through and he said you know what if i if i can avoid doing that i would like to do that yeah no i mean i'm happy that he's like i said i'm happy he's going on his own terms i'm happy that he is gonna you know have a full swing and everybody is acknowledging that 2024 is his last dance supposed you know quote unquote and you know i put that poll on the instagram where i said like there should be a full camera crew following him in 2024 chronicling that last year because it's going to be like Michael Jordan last dance-esque for tennis. So we should be documenting it because that's going to be box office to watch. It's going to be just such a, a fascinating look at what it's like to hit that point in your career. Um so I really, really hope that they do that, and Rafa lets everybody in to see that because I think it would be it would be really, really special for us tennis fans to get that final look at him, you know. Yeah, I agree. That would that would be pretty epic. I don't know if he's that type of guy. Um, you know, he's he's a pretty private person, and he and he he generally just wants to be remembered as a good human being. That's what he said. He doesn't care about. I'm sure internally he cares about the goat conversation, but. He's not as outspoken about it as like Novak is. 
Um, he, he cares really more about like what he's done for the game of tennis, what he's done for his community in Mallorca. And I mean, he's done so much with his academies looking towards the future. So I think he's really content and he's got projects set up outside of his playing career that he can really put all his dedication, his discipline, his motivation into, because this guy, this guy, I mean, as you and I both know, one of the hardest working men we've ever seen in tennis and one of the most disciplined men we've ever seen in tennis. I mean, the guy's just freaking relentless. So yeah, either way, he's going to succeed. hundred percent. I think the creation of the Rafa Nadal Academy is not, you know, some sort of one-off. I think Rafa's going to really dedicate a large portion of his life to that post-tennis. I think that he's going to... The, the, the main like thing for me that I knew that he was going to retire soon is that his now wife, uh, you know, got pregnant. He became a dad. And... Rafa has always struck me as like one of those guys that like when he becomes a dad, like that's it. He's not he's gonna be a dad. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be a dad. Like he's not doing, he's not missing anything, you know, not that like Roger or Novak have missed anything, but like their primary job is being a professional tennis player. Rafa, when he becomes a dad, like became a dad, I had no doubt in my mind, like he's primary job is going to be a dad, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> just like based on the way that, we see him interact with his family and, and like the compound that he has for them. Like that's just his life. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm happy for Rafa. I think that it's time. I think that this is a good moment to pause and to, 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 to make this decision before it gets like too, too late. Uh, and I'm happy that he's going to be able to be appreciated by all the fans all over the world because he 100% deserves that. The last thing that I want to talk about here before we wrap this uh, episode up is very briefly, what do we think about the last one standing, Novak Djokovic? Do we think that it's going to be his time soon? Or like, what do you think is going through his head now that two of the three of his... two? each of his greatest rivals is now going to be retired. I think we see him for a couple another years. I think the primary reason is because his health is in a better predicament than the, the other two. Um, the reasons why, I don't know, maybe his voodoo medicine does work, but uh, he's in a better health predicament and he's still competing at the top of the game, clearly. And until he's not able to consistently compete for slam titles, I think that we will continue to see Novak on a tennis court because, you know, th this is these are his years to kind of win slams without having those two in the conversation to kind of fight him for the tournaments. Now, obviously, we've got Carlos and all these other guys who are kind of, you know, going to be competing with him. But I think as long as he's healthy and he can – just continue to stay healthy and compete at the highest level. I, th I think he sticks around. What do you think? Yeah, I just don't see anybody beating him at Australia or Wimbledon anytime soon. I think that he can continuously be right there as the favorite for two of the slams, two out of four slams for at least the next two, three years. You know, I, I, I think I think the second that Novak loses at either Australia or at Wimbledon is when that thought will get through his head because he'll say, okay, it's, it's time. 
I think it like, basically comes down to when, when, not if. The question is like, when is Carlos going to be able to beat him consistently at like the Australian and then potentially Wimbledon? And not only Carlos though. I mean, you've got to say like Holger Rune has to be in that conversation. Medvedev on hard court. Right now, I'm mean, guess even Clay Court now has to be in the conversation. Uh, Jan on grass has been a, a very effective player, you know, but uh, there's there are players like it's it's up to those guys really as to when Novak retires is is my guess. But I will say, on the other hand, I do think that a big thing that has been pushing Novak to work as hard as he does is that he knows that if he bounces out, Rafa could win something and then like he'll get ahead. And like I just wonder that once Rafa retires and Novak either goes ahead by one or like stays tied with him, whatever it may be, that Novak just kind of loses that edge and is just like, maybe I just kind of want to be a dad and move on. You know? Yeah, that's that's another aspect that we didn't talk about is that, you know, he, he's been competing with those two for his whole career in terms of not only just on the court, but the slam count, the goat talk. And if those two are done, you know, we can start, you know, I mean, starting next year at the end of next year. I mean, Frankie, you and I can start talking about who who's a who's ahead in the goat conversation, Roger or Rafa. Um, and maybe Novak is like, I don't know if I have that much motivation anymore because they're not at the tournaments with me. You know, it's different when you're hypothetically talking about things, but if they're not physically there on the court in the same draw, the same locker room, you're right. You know, who knows how he's going to, how that's going to affect him mentally. I mean, he's even said, right? Like the reporter asked him in Rome, like, who's going to be your greatest rival? He's like, Rafa is always going to be my greatest rival. It doesn't matter what happens the rest of my career. Rafa is my greatest rival. That sort of tells you a lot, right? Like, Novak, like that is a subtle acknowledgement that like, oh yeah, like my prime years are behind me. Like I'm not like that, that, that part of my career is done, you know? So I would, I wouldn't, I would be surprised if Novak plays more than two, two years, actually more than three. I'll say three, because as you said, his body has held up way better than anybody else's. And I think he has adapted his game more than Roger and Rafa to age gracefully because he's shifted from being so physical to his game is not very physical anymore. So uh, I think he can he can lengthen it out. I think it's going to just be the motivation. That's what I would be concerned about. Yeah, I think it'll be a combination of the motivation. Other guys just getting really good entering into their prime. Uh, and, you know, Novak to father time undefeated men. So, um, you know, Rafa, we wish you all the best. We do hope to see you this year. That would be fantastic if we got to see you at least towards the end of the year. If not, we will make sure on the Breakpoint podcast it is the most epic podcasting year talking about Rafael Nadal, all his achievements and everything, and we're going to be following him uh, pretty tightly here, Frankie. Absolutely. Rafa's the man. Love him. Love all three of them, to be honest. Uh, but that is going to do it for us here at BPP. We will uh, catch you guys next time. If you want to be on the podcast, any suggestions, if you want to talk about Rafa, uh, just shoot us a DM at Breakpoint Podcast 7. We appreciate all the support. Greatly, um, greatly appreciated by us. So thank you. And we will catch you next time.
See you.